Lord. Well, you've perhaps read uh, the ancient epics, the Iliad, the Odyssey, which became later comic books, which became later superhero movies, right? It's all one grand story, really. Every epic has this in common, where the humans crave and desire super strong superheroes to come and rescue them. And this is also the story of religion. It's the story of every religion in history. There are gods, a deity, and there is mankind. And there is a distance between them. And occasionally, the distance is crossed. When a god takes on the form of a human as a demigod. And if you know anything about demigods, well, you need to know two things. A demigod is like a weak god. So like not really a good god, like kind of a lesser god. And also is an unapproachable superhuman. One that you can't relate to. He doesn't really do very well in this life. Kind of has to wear a mask to hide his true self. The news at Christmas is unique among every religion that when Jesus comes, he is not a demigod, part God, part man. He is fully God and fully man at the same time in the same person. And thus, he has all the power of God and all the approachability of a man. He gets us. He is able to relate with us, and he can do something about not only the problems we face in our life, but also the problems within us, and he is able to transform us. Now, if you were here this morning, you heard that Christmas is the moment where God embraces the world in love, that the world might respond and embrace him. The birth of Jesus is the greatest act of love and humility that history has ever known. That the Lord of history himself would set aside his rights as God to enter the story, becoming a man for the purpose of dying on behalf of mankind. It really is incredulous. And this evening, what we're going to do, we're going to consider some people who had to deal with the incredulity of it all. Some ordinary people like you and I, the shepherds. Now we've sung about the shepherds, and I admit I've always had a hard time singing about shepherds in Christmas songs, but it turns out that they are perhaps the most relatable ones in the story. And so if you have a Bible and want to turn to Luke chapter 2, please do that. The verses will be on the screen uh, behind me. But these shepherds are just ordinary folk, and they are interacting now with news that will change everything. The story begins really with the prologue, which is the announcement of the angels, which Ben read a portion of a moment ago. I'll begin reading here in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
okay, you're just an ordinary shepherd. What are you going to do with that news? What are you going to do when the angel comes announcing that you could live at peace with God? That the one who made you, the one whom you have ignored at best, rejected at worst, is pleased with you and has come to you. And he has not demanded like every other God that you work harder to try better, to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps to maybe get to him. But no, he has stooped to our level and brings us to himself. So let's consider these shepherds and what they do with this news. They do four things. And we'll look at them briefly as the story progresses. The first thing they do is they investigate the news. In verse 15, right after this announcement, it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They say to themselves, This sounds too good to be true. And you know the saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But instead of writing this off as just folklore or some coincidence or maybe a strange dream, they go to investigate the announcement. Now I am here tonight announcing to you a similar message that God has come that you would have peace with Him. That in fact He has lived, died, and rose again that you by faith might be reconciled to God. And like the shepherds, here's the first thing you should do with that news. You should investigate it. You could investigate the historicity of the news. The the shepherds go to the place where the Savior was born. You could go to the history class, but go with your biography in hand, which are the Gospels recorded at the beginning of the New Testament in the Scriptures. Investigate the secondary witnesses. The news that the Savior has come to reconcile the world to himself is not merely news that is out there. It has transformed real people with real lives, many of whom are in this room today. And you can ask them about their experience. And their experience is evidence that what God has done is real. Now, if, if, if it's not true then, upon investigation, then don't believe it. But if it is, if what the angels proclaimed that the Savior of the world is in the manger, if what I'm proclaiming didn't happen, if it did happen, and it is true, and you hear the news but you don't investigate it, it is a shame. Continue reading as the story unfolds what their investigation then reveals in verse 16. When you encounter evidence in your investigation, you have to determine whether or not you're going to believe it. In verse 16 it says, They went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They were told then that the sign that God was coming to save them is that they would find a Savior, a child, born today wearing swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So if they find a child born today wearing swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, then it means that God has in fact come today to save them. So they go and they find a child in swaddling clothes in a manger. Now perhaps it is pure coincidence. But that is unlikely. When their investigation reveals the sign of God's salvation, what are their options? I mean, they could ignore it. 
treat it like it never happened. They could say, oh, those are nice historical fixtures. Let's take a picture of them and hang them on every mantelpiece around the world around Christmas time. That's what we need to do with this news. But to investigate a sign means to be investigating that which the sign is signaling and to do anything less is intellectually dishonest. And so if, if they see the sign, then they also have to believe what the angels said was the purpose of the sign, that God has really come to save. You know, now in one sense, the mere historical reality of the birth of Jesus does no good for anyone. Because the only effect was a switch from B.C. to A.D. On the other hand, if the sign of the historical reality of the birth of Jesus was as the angels say, then he has come to save people. Born to reconcile humans to God and it changes everything for everyone, everywhere, all the time. So like the shepherds, if in your investigation you find the news to be true, then you likewise have to believe the point of the sign, the purpose of the news, and believe that Jesus would be for you a Savior. And then, without even making their belief explicit, the shepherds move to the next action in response. They, in verse 17, proclaim the news. It says, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. If upon investigation the news proves true, then it could not be contained. It's simply too good to be quiet about. To withhold this announcement is a disservice from others. If you love someone, you will tell them that God has come to make all the wrongs right and all the dark light, that they would have peace on earth. And this is what the shepherds do, and this is what the people of peace, the people who receive this news, the favor of God, do. But their response is not yet complete. There's still one more thing. And in verse 20, the shepherds, it says, returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So after this wild experience, they go back to the field, just ordinary shepherds. And probably they looked a lot like they did before. But something in their world, something in the realm of possibility had changed. That instead now of living a life that aims to get up to God, God had in fact come down to them. They would never have taken the first step toward God, and they could never have done enough to be good enough to make their way to Him. Instead, what has just happened is that they learned that God has in fact come down desiring to be with them. Emmanuel, God with us, has come. And that news changes everything. If, if the proclamation then is the horizontal effect of the good news that God has come, then praise is the vertical effect that this news produces. And we're here tonight, okay, not to have a merry little Christmas, but to worship the God who would humble himself to become a man in order to give us peace, the hope 
the joy, the love that we could never have imagined possible. His humility in his birth precedes now the response of his people in exalting him. And we are right, and it is fitting that we join our voices in his praise. Now this news is not for some religious elite. It's not for some hoity-toity religious, spiritual people. It is for ordinary people like shepherds and like you and like me. The ache in your soul that you cannot shake can be relieved because God has become a man embracing you in order to reconcile you to himself. And even in your investigation tonight, would you believe him? Would you embrace the God who is bent at Christmas to embrace you? Let's pray and then let's not keep silent as we continue singing. Would you join me as we pray? Father, we praise you for the indescribable gift of your presence. That God would come back to stay is far too good of news for us to ignore. So Father, would you give us faith that we might come fully alive as the people that you created and then saved us to be. We need your ongoing presence in our lives. And we look forward to the day when we will be with you again forever. And we will see you and we will know you even as we are known. So would you keep us to that day in your name. Amen. Would you please stand?